0: Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldviews Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. The main thing for a biblical Christian. Christians in America are losing their way and being able to express the fundamentals of their worldview. Some are in the process of deconstructing their faith. Some are angry with A certain pastor or church member or have stopped attending an organized fellowship entirely. Some are hiding their beliefs, afraid to be associated with scriptural teachings on abortion, women pastors, climate change, homosexuality, marriage, and so forth. Some have just become lazy in their prayer life, in Bible study, in missions, fellowship, ministry opportunities, and so forth. Aggravated, certainly, by the behavioral changes related to covid As we try and reset and reconstruct a remnant of biblical Christians who remain faithful, it's likely time for a refresher on what we truly believe. What are the basic tenets of our faith? The ones that we should be intransient on versus those theological positions where we should not be so dogmatic. There's an old Christian joke. I'm sure you've heard it where saint peter is on an elevator with a couple of new residents in heaven Uh, they're going up floor by floor as they approach one of the levels saint peter whispers to the riders "Uh, be quiet Uh, this is the floor the baptists are on and they think they're the only ones here point being that we as biblical christians need to set aside denominational differences as we look at core theology this is not that differences such as sprinkling versus immersion baptism are not important for some. It is more the recognition that as born-again believers, we need not be fighting amongst ourselves for the scraps of remaining church members who might float into our tight-knit group on a Sunday morning. Instead, we should be banding together, supporting each other in doing what God has called us to do, the Great Commission, looking outside Of our own inner circle. Systematic theology is simply summarizing one's doctrinal beliefs in a unified way. God provides an answer on where to begin that process. He's very clear in His Word what the goal should be in forming a biblical Christian worldview. Put simply, the goal should be ultimately to, quote, love God, unquote. This is so obvious and so important that it runs throughout the Old and New Testament. The importance of building a framework of theology around the concept of loving God is specifically called out in Scripture as the great commandment. Matthew 22:36 and following. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And the same is repeated in Mark 12, 30-31, in Luke 10, 25-27, and it all sources back to Deuteronomy 6, 4-9. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets before or between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So what are the beliefs that promote biblical Christians to strengthen our ability to love God. I would offer the following seven points as a core statement of faith for loving God. First, the Bible. As originally written, it's the inspired, infallible, authoritative, and inerrant word of God and the supreme authority in all matters of faith and conduct. If one rejects, rejects the Bible as the work of man rather than God, then there's no foundation to build one's theology on. We're left with feelings and impressions of who God is, which can't be trusted given we are steeped in sin and clouded by the fluid morals of our society. Second, God. God created everything. He's perfect and he continues to rule. Further, he's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. The Bible states in Genesis 1 that God created the heavens and the earth. Further, Scripture is clear that the Lord remains active in the lives of man, and he is all-powerful and all-knowing. Third, Jesus Christ is eternally pre-existent, Son, is fully God and was fully man, born of a virgin, and lived a sinless life. Jesus was in Genesis pre-existent to his time on earth, both fully man and God, virgin-born and sinless, such that he could die for our sins at the cross. Fourth, Holy Spirit lives in every Christian to guide, instruct, and empower the believer. The Holy Spirit is active in the life of every Christian, offering counsel and the ability to resist sin, if we would only have the faith to take advantage of that power. Fifth resurrection, everyone will be resurrected from the grave, the saved, to eternal life in heaven and the lost, to eternal damnation in a real and literal hell. As Christ rose on the third day, he promised all mankind will rise as well at the end of the age, offering us new bodies for a new heaven on a new earth. Further, God has clearly made known the reality of an eternity in hell for those who reject his gift. Of eternal life sixth evangelism it's a responsibility duty and joy to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen God has chosen to work through the human condition to perfect his will we are to plant seeds and water them as he provides the growth finally seven salvation everyone sins and no one can save themselves It's only through accepting Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior that one can receive eternal life in heaven. Salvation is available to anyone who acknowledges in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. He rose bodily from the grave and also asks him to forgive their sins and save their soul. The difference between a saved and an unsaved person is a God-produced difference. To be saved, to be born again, is at the heart of God's love for mankind. He wants no one to perish. However, he also makes clear that we need to accept his son as our Lord and Savior in order to receive that gift. So this statement of faith is intended to be a framework to love God. The focus is from the perspective of man looking upward toward the supreme creator and desiring to know him and to love him and to spend eternity with him. This must be an active decision, not just a passive acceptance of his existence. For that growth to take place, we need to believe he exists, accept his love letter to us, which is the Bible, recognize his power and authority in our lives through the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be prepared to actively share his truth with with a lost and dying world, and perhaps most importantly, acknowledge his son's sacrifice on the cross for our sins as the only path to heaven. God bless you as you serve him today. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.